song we sung tonight, the new song. Your promise still stands. Still stands. It hasn't gone away. It still stands. Great is your faithfulness. I love the words of that song because that's what Caleb thought, that, that even though he received a promise at 40, that promise still sta- stood at 50. It didn't go away when he was 60. It still stood when he was 70. And the realization of that promise happened when he was 85. For 45 years, he still held on to the promise that God gave him. He was loyal to that promise. He did not doubt. I love Caleb. I reckon our church needs to be full of the spirit of Caleb. If we're to touch the city, if we're to reach the nation, we need to learn from Caleb. Well, tonight, if you got your Bible, I quickly want you to go to the New Testament. We're going to the New Testament, and I want you to go to the book of Hebrews. Let's go to Hebrews chapter 10. Hebrews chapter 10. And we're going to be reading from verse 23. I believe this passage we're going to read, actually, Caleb embodied. He embodied these words. It says, let us hold fast the confession of our hope without wavering. Without, let us hold fast the confession of our hope without wavering, without second guessing ourselves, without doubting. For he who promised is faithful. And let us consider one another in order to stir up love and good works. Now let us look at one another. You know, our role as believers is to stir up other believers to love and good works. Come on, uh, to the person next to you, you're called to stir them up tonight. Uh, uh, Come on, let your response stir them up. Uh, uh, In order to stir up, stir up faith, stir up love, stir up good works. Not forsaking the assembling of ourselves together, as is the manner of some, but exhorting, encouraging one another so much more as you see the day approaching. You know, church, we often say, is simply a whole lot of friends challenging one another to go and higher in God. Uh, in daily life, in our lives, uh, we're confronted so often with where our loyalty lies. It can come down to basic, basic things like, do we like Vegemite or do we like Marmite? Uh, who, who likes Marmite out there? Any Marmite? How many Vegemite fans out there? Vegemite? Uh, Marmite? Marmite? Uh, Vegemite? You know, it, it's so often we're confronted with these questions. There are people out there who like cats as opposed to dogs. How many cat lovers out there? Anybody love cats over dogs? Cats, all you cat lovers, uh, we can deliver you later. Because uh, it needs to be dogs. Uh, you know, it can come down to things like margarine and butter. It's like some people just can't have one. You know, they test it. It's, it's you know, Adele or Justin Bieber. Come on, all you believers. Any believers out there? Uh, that's the noisiest some of you have been tonight. It's like uh, believers, that's the biggest response. Any Adele fans out there? Who's the Adele fans? Uh, Who can give a rip? Uh, Some people out there. 
Uh, but, you know, we're pulled, you know, do we stand on the left or the right when it comes to politics? You know, I often get challenged when it comes to supporting NBA teams. Uh, ben says, I can't. Ben Greenwood says, I can't support two teams. Uh, I support OKC. You've got to support OKC. Because uh, Stephen Adams, a New Zealander, is in that team. So I support that. But I also support Golden State Warriors. And, and Ben says, I can't do that. I, I go, I can. Just watch me. I support Golden State Warriors because there's Christians in that team. And how, how many know you've got to support your fellow brothers? And, and it's like, you know, many, many people say you can't do that. And, and they try and get you to a place where they're trying to challenge your loyalty. Now, what happens when you're confronted with a situation and it's neither, but it's both? Uh, what happens when you feel like you're caught in the middle? Uh, what happens in life where, when you're pulled in two different directions and, and you have a loyalty crisis where you don't know what to choose? You know, in, the, in the Bible, it says of Jesus that he was full of grace and truth. Now, now, over many years, sadly, the church has either chosen grace or has chosen truth, which is mean if it's chosen truth, it's in danger of being legalistic. If it's chosen just grace, it's in danger of being liberal. But the Bible says that Jesus, he was full of grace and he was full of truth. In other words, in the kingdom, those two things coexist. They're not to be separated. See, in the church, we want to be deep and wide. I like Andy Stanley, he wrote a book called Deep and Wide. So often the church has either been deep, so all of being about the word, brother, we need to get into the word, and you know, we need to go so deep that it becomes muddy and, and nobody can actually understand it. And it's not applicable to life. Or, or we go shallow, where it's all just about winning people to Jesus, that we don't actually establish any foundations in somebody's life. So the question is not whether we go deep, or wide, we go deep and wide. We go deep. Well, we don't want to just be a church on a Sunday who enjoys a few songs. Come on, we want to lean into the Word of God right now. Come on, we want to reach our city, but we also want to get understanding as to how this kingdom works, how it operates, how we can live it in it on a daily basis. You know, so often many people lean one way or the other. What happens? When you feel pulled. See, there's some things in the kingdom that we put together that don't go together. There's things like grace and truth, they go together. But Jesus said, things that don't go together, you can't serve God and you can't serve money. He'll say, he said, you'll be loyal to one, you'll be loyal to one and you'll despise the other. They don't go together. Other things that Jesus said don't go together, he says, you can't love God and hate your brother at the same time. If you've got hate in your heart to a fellow brother, you don't love God. Those two things don't go together. You know, Jesus said, you can't be the companion of fools and have what happens when you dwell with the wise. 
Yeah, you can't do that. You can't have your cake and eat God's cake at the same time. Come on, if you want the promised land, you've got to leave Egypt. You can't have Egypt and the promised land. You can't be in those two places. Those two things do not go together. And there's too many things that we put together that aren't meant to go together. And, and we separate stuff that's meant to go together. You know, how many know our old way of living and the promises of God don't go together? Uh, you can't take hold of your promised land living according to the way you've always lived. You know, uh, one thing is the flesh, our flesh, and our spirits, that they, they don't go together. I don't know if you've worked that out yet. Even Paul said in Galatians, he said Galatians 5, in Galatians 5, 17, it says, for the lust, for the flesh lusts against the spirit and the spirit against the flesh. These are contrary to one another so that you do not do the things that you wish. Have you ever wondered why you don't do the things you want to do? And you do the things that you don't want to do. And sometimes because we're trying to put our flesh, our natural person, together with the spirit, they don't go together. The Bible says, if you want to deny the flesh, you've got to walk according to the spirit. You know, I really believe one of the greatest pressures that you and I ever face, and how this all outworks itself, is, is in relationship, relationship pressure. How many know what it is to experience relationship pressure? You know, it's like you've got a relationship pressure going on. Come on, is anybody alive tonight? Anybody faced relationship pressure before? It's like somebody said something to you and those words reverberate in your, around in your head. You can't get to sleep. Somebody close to you did something, upset you. You know, there's nothing like relationship pressure. How many know navigating relationships can be challenging? Uh, if you don't know that, you've never been close to somebody. Uh, what we've got to understand is in the kingdom, if we're to navigate our way through this, is we've got to understand some things are true, but other things are truer. Some things are true. Follow me tonight. You've got you to gotta lean in. If you've got go a pen and paper, you should write down some of these things. Some things are true, but some things are truer. How many know what's true? Sin is powerful. Do I get it? Yeah, that's true. Sin is powerful. Sin will destroy your life. Sin, as I said this morning, is to act in a way contrary to your design. Sin violates your design. Sin is powerful. It will destroy your life. The wages of sin is death. Sin is powerful. Here's another statement, though. Love is powerful. Love is powerful. Sin is powerful. True. But love is powerful, is truer. Now, here's the thing. In the world, we've got the, the law of gravity. What goes up must come down. Yeah, do you know there's a law that overrides that? And it's the law of lift. The law, that, that's how metal objects can fly in the sky. Uh, that's what happens there where there's sufficient force to overcome the law of gravity. You know, is when you jump in the air, you're defying that law. Planes all the time, there's gravity. Yeah, it's true. 
But, but there's something that can overcome that law and supersedes that law, and that's the law of lift. See, I, I find in many places we can just justify our current status. We can justify where we are, how we are, and staying where we are because, and the because can come down to, in a lot of places, simply to the, the friends we keep. Now, I, I love Caleb. Because Caleb was in the minority. Two against ten. But then it wasn't just two against ten because the ten influenced the whole nation. It was two against a million. But yet in his life, he didn't waver. In his life, he didn't give in. Two, what does it take to have that type of loyalty? Because imagine by being surrounded by a million people who don't believe what you believe. Imagine being surrounded by that. Some of us, if there's just two or three people who don't believe it, we begin to question ourselves. We begin to get upset. But imagine just being two out of a whole million. Talk about pressure. Talk about, whoa, i got to work this out. See, he had to exist with these people for 40 years. He had to wait for them to die out before he could possess his promise. Two. You know, how many know, just because something's popular today doesn't mean it's true. Uh, but yes, so many people think, well, everybody believes it. Everybody's saying it. That must mean it's true. If it's in the newspaper, it's true. No. Just because something is popular doesn't mean it's true. True. Do you, do you know the most authentic person you can be as a believer in Jesus Christ is living out a life of faith? So many people go, oh, I just want to be real. And, and they give in to their feelings. But here's the deal. You're not called feelers. We're called believers. So, so to be authentic to who you are is to live out what God's called you to. Uh, but so many people go, oh, well, you, yeah, and they just listen to their feelings. They listen to the opinions of others. And they listen to what's popular. No, we need to get the Word of God in our spirits and we need to hold on to the truth. There's a battle for the truth. The enemy, the devil, he's the father of all lies. He's the accuser of the brethren. That's his name. And he's all the time wanting to sow lies so that you could believe something that's not true. But here's the thing. Why is truth so important? Because it's only truth that sets you free. Uh, grace is free, but truth you're going to have to buy. I like what Ray Andrews says, you know, when it comes to buying truth, the currency that you pay for truth is self. And that's why the Bible says we've got to die to self to inherit the kingdom of God. And if we want to experience truth that brings freedom, it's about laying down our lives. 
It's about being loyal to God. Uh, here's, here's the thing. Is the relationships, the question I want to ask, is the relationships in our world right now lifting us up or pulling us down? Come on, I, w- I want you to think about that. Uh, are you bringing lift or are you lowering? When it comes to faith, do you bring a lift to a person's life or do you lower? A lift, do you lift? Are you one of the two or you're part of the million? Are you the two or you're part? Do you bring lift or do you lower? Yeah, I like this thought and you've got to stay with me tonight. Here, if you're connected to the world, listen to this. If you're connected to the world, but not connected to God, you have nothing to offer the world. Uh, because what the world needs is God. So, so many people in church, they want to be connected to the world. We've got to reach these people. But here's the deal. If you're not connected in relationship to God, you have nothing to offer the world because you're just like the world. But here's the reverse of this. If you're connected to God, but not connected to the world, you have nothing to offer God. Because God so loved the world. So it's not like, oh, I'm just going to be connected to God and avoid the world. Oh, I'm just going to be connected to the world because I want to reach the world and avoid God. Come on, we need to be bring the two together. Because if you're connected to God and not the world, you have nothing to offer God. If you're connected to the world, God and not the world, oh yeah, you get it anyway. I'll get myself confused. And, and this is where, you know, so often our heart gets divided. I like Psalm 86 verse 11. It, it says this, it says, teach me your way. How many want to learn God's way? I found God's way is better than your way. You know, better than your parents' way, uh, better than your university lecturer's way. I, I want to know God's way. I want to know God's way. If it's not God's way, it's not going to help me. But it says, teach me your way, Lord, that I might rely on your faithfulness. Give me an undivided heart, an undivided heart, a loyal heart, that I might fear your name. Second Chronicles 16 verse 9. Uh, I don't know why they're not coming up on screen, but write these down. You can check them out later. 16.9, it says, Second Chronicles 16.9, it says, For the eyes of the Lord run to and fro throughout the whole earth to show Himself strong. How many want to see God being strong? Yeah, to show Himself strong on behalf of those whose heart is loyal to Him. He wants to show himself strong to who? To those whose heart is loyal to him. When there's a pull on your loyalty, what do you do? Number one, I just want to give you uh, four thoughts. Number, number one, first of all, you need to understand, number one, silence is a decision. Silence is a decision. It's easy today to just accept whatever's going on around us and, and think that's normal. Well, it's normal. It's normal. How many know a lot of the things going on around the world aren't normal? In fact, I really believe there's a cry within the human soul that, that longs and, and longs to acknowledge this ain't normal. 
we've accepted things that, that, that were never meant to be. I, I like in the Bible, in 1 Kings chapter 18, verse 21, you know, Elijah confronts the Israelites because they're drifting off and they're serving other gods. And, and he says this to them in verse 21, and it says, Elijah came to all the people and he said, how long will you falter between two opinions? How long will you be over here and then over here? How long will you falter between two opinions? If the, Lord's is, if the Lord is God, follow Him. Follow Him. But if Baal, follow Him. It says, but the people answered Him, not a word. How many know in this situation their silence was an answer? Yeah, I wonder how many situations we're confronted with uh, that we just choose to remain silent. Come on, have you ever been part of a conversation that was going downhill quickly? Come on, you ever been part of it was going downhill and, and it wasn't beneficial and, and you're thinking on the inside, this is bad, but you just stood there in silence? You didn't say anything? You didn't walk away, but you're party to it? How many know people today like hearing bad news about other people? Uh, there's something inside of all of us that just likes to hear gossip. Because I don't know, we, I don't know why we like this. Because maybe it just makes us feel better about ourselves. Well, I haven't got as many as much problems as they have. Uh, but but you know, gossip is a sin. And Proverbs sixteen twenty eight says, a perverse person stirs up conflict. And a gossip separates close friends. Yeah, how many friendships have been ruined because a whole lot of gossip went on that, that people just allowed? But uh, stop, I don't want to hear that. Don't talk about that person that way. You know, you shouldn't talk about them if they're not in the room. But, but we like to hear bad news. And we like to hear stuff. And, and there's an industry that thrives on it. And it's just normal. But, but, but gossip separates close friends. Come on, come on, have you ever been in a situation where, where you're just about to see a friend do something stupid and, and you know they're going to regret it later, but you just sit there in silence? And afterwards, you go, oh, I should have said something. But at the time, you bit your tongue. Silence is an answer. What you've got to understand is whatever we leave alone, we condone. What we leave alone, we condone. Come on, God wants to give a voice to the church. Come on, He wants you to have a voice. Not a voice of condemnation, but, but a voice that will speak into situations. See, there's a, this gravitational pull downwards. And what I've found about great relationships is great relationships aren't accidental. Come on, you want great relationships, you need to be intentional. Yeah, you just don't fall into friendships. You've got the power to choose. And, and you want to choose friends that, that build you up, that lift you up. Listen to what Proverbs 27 says, verse 5 and 6. It says, an open rebuke is better. Somebody say it's better. An open rebuke is better than love carefully concealed. 
Yeah, you know, many of us don't think that, but this is Bible. Open rebuke is better. Is better. Let's go next verse. Uh, verse six. It says, "Faithful." Everyone say faithful. Loyal are the wounds of a friend. How many ever had uh, uh, your friend say something to you that hurt? And at the time you hated them. But they needed to say it, and because they said it, you addressed something. That's what it's saying. Faithful are the wounds of a friend, but the kisses of the enemy are deceitful. How, how many environments do we go in today and everybody's just like... Oh, you're awesome. You're amazing. What an idiot. It's like, it's like, yeah, we're kissing. Yeah, it's like, come on, come on. Yeah, kisses of the enemy are deceit. Faithful. Come on, faithful are the wounds of a friend. There's some things we don't want to hear that we need to hear. That help lift us. And what you've got to understand is silence or an activity is a form of agreement. Number two, second thing, second thing. These are stuff that you know, I've spoken about, but I, I want us to get this. Is number two, spirit is thicker than blood. Spirit is thicker than blood. Jesus was very clear where his loyalty lied. Let's go, Luke 8, 19. Uh, just show you a story. It says, then his mother and brothers came to him, Jesus' mother, brothers came to him and could not approach him because of the crowd. And it was told him by some who said, my mother and your brothers are standing, your mother and your brothers are standing outside desiring to see you. But he answered and said to them, my mother and my brothers are these who hear the word of God and do it. What? Yeah, just imagine that. Your mom and dad outside are wanting to come in. I think they'll get the special treatment because Jesus is the man. And somebody comes in, your mother and brothers are outside. He says, well, my mother and brothers are those who, who hear the word of God and do it. How many would think he's going to be in a lot of trouble? You know, this is his family. See, in a lot of places, we have unnatural loyalties that violate the spirit. You know, so many people got loyalties to where they came from. I came from just north of Wellington, a place called Ortucky. Ortucky was a great place to come from. I don't support the hurricanes. The blues are my team. It's where I live. If you're in a place, you've got to support it, just saying. You know, so many people got unnatural loyalties that violate the spirit to culture. Sometimes we can be more loyal to culture than we can the Word of God. Uh, but the Word of God always needs to be above culture. Oh, well, this is part of my culture. Well, if it violates the Word of God, who gives a rip about your culture? Come on. You know, so many people in today's world, you know, loyal to teams and gangs. We got this, and we're loyal there, but we do things that violate the word. So many people can be loyal to a lifestyle. Oh, well, God would never ask me to surrender that, wouldn't he? Uh, God would never ask me to choose between 
those two. God would never ask me to go there. He never asked me to go to Africa. Somebody was praying real hard on the front row. See, see, here's the deal. Nothing should be more important in our life than our relationship to God. Our relationship with God. If anything gets above, God will ask you to give it up. He, he needs to be number one. And uh, now, I, I love it. One, one, one story I love in the Bible, because it does my head in, is the story of Nathan David. David does something stupid, uh, you know, goes out, uh, well, connects with Bathsheba, um, connects, <laughs> connects in a way that he shouldn't have. You know, it all happens. It all happens, for those that don't know the story. At a time, listen to this, at a time where kings should go to war. Kings should be at war, but because he's inactive, because he's going, oh, I just need to take it easy and cruise. He, he gets tempted and he, he follows his flesh and, and does a dumb thing. By the way, you know, it's dangerous being idle. Yeah, you want to get in a whole lot of trouble, just be idle. Just be neutral in your walk with God. In fact, Thessalonians, I want to show you this. 2 Thessalonians 3.6, and it says, this is Paul saying, and now, dear brothers and sisters, we give you this command in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Stay away from all believers. Whoa. <laughs> that sounds weird. You don't just stop there, though. Stay away from all believers who live idle lives and don't follow the tradition they receive from us. Do you know if you're idle in your faith, you're actually a danger to those around you? Here, Paul's saying, stay away, be careful. You know, those ones who sit on the sideline and give commentaries but, but not involved. You know, I want to listen. I want to listen. They're dangerous. That's what he's saying. And here, David got himself in a lot of trouble because he was idle. And Nathan has to go to David and confront him. Confront him. Now, who's he confronting? He's confronting King David. King David, how I many know if he gets this wrong, gone with your head. He, he's confronting the king. So he comes up with a strategy and he tells a story to David about this man who ripped off this other man and did, did all this stuff. And, and David's going, who is this man? This man deserves to die. And at, right at that point, Nathan goes, you're the man. Not you are the man. <laughs> you are that man who did that. How many know? I reckon Nathan would be, oh man, what's going to happen? What's going to happen? He just confronted a king. Some of us won't even confront our own kids. About activity. That's wrong. Let alone friends in our life. Well, well, what if they don't receive it? What if it goes wrong? You know, come on. If you love somebody, you're going to talk. 
Yeah, Nathan, he added a king. Uh, what do you do? No, here's a question. I'll rephrase it. Will you do what's right when it doesn't pay to do so? Uh, will you do what's right when it could cost you your job? Will you hold to what's true even though you might be ridiculed for doing so? Come on, spirit trumps. Is it weird? Oh. <laughs> You know, people, many people in the world can confuse acceptance for approval for acceptance. They, they confuse. As Christians, we accept anyone. But just because I accept you doesn't mean I approve of your behavior. You know, here's the thing. Grace is acceptance. Truth is direction. Grace is acceptance, but truth is direction. Number three, number three. Um, here's what we need to understand. Self-preservation doesn't exist in love. Self-preservation doesn't exist in love. So often we evaluate our relationships off the basis of how close we can get to a person. Man, I'm tight with that person. We're, we're, we're good, man. We're tight. But, but here's the thing. Our, our relationships shouldn't be measured on how close we can get to a person. Our relationship should be measured on how close we can get that person to God. Because if you really love that person, you'll want them to reach their full potential. Now, they can't do that unless they're in relationship with God. But so often our relationships are based on our need. But, but self-preservation or self-gratification doesn't exist in love. I like what William Booth said. He, he said this, hey, if you can get that person to me, I can get them to God. I, I reckon we need to live in that way, in that, with that level of faith. Hey man, you get them to me, I'm gonna get them to God. Uh, the Bible defines love totally different to how we do. You know, love in the world's definition is what you can get from it, but love Biblically, is all about giving. Love suffers long, is kind, does not envy. Love does not prave itself, is not puffed up, does not behave rudely, does not seek its own. Love does not, is not provoked, thinks no evil, does not rejoice in iniquity, but rejoices in truth. Love bears all things, believes all things, hopes all things, endures all things. Love never fails. That's love. And sometimes we need to love somebody enough that we, we're honest with them. We, we talk to them. Uh, the question I, I want to ask, have you got people in your world who can tell you the truth? Are you a type of person where they can come up and go, hey man, you know, when you did that, or are they too scared that you might react on eggshell, it's like the relationship. It's, oh, can't go there. Oh, Proverbs 28, 23 says, listen to this. He who rebukes a man will find favor afterward. <laughs> I mean, no, it's not gonna happen at the time. <laughs> uh, but you find favor when? Afterward. Then 
he who flatters with the tongue. You know, flattery is, is when you, 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 you try and build somebody up, but it's for your own gain. It's because you want something from them. Rebuke, a rebuke man, you'll find favor afterwards. I know what, in other words, I love you enough to tell you the truth, even if it's going to take some time for you to, me, for you to thank me. How many know uh, we all don't see our own incompetence? That's why God puts us in community. Now, I, I want to share this stuff because I believe this is real community. And in a lot of places, we've been sold an imitation. And there's a longing in people's heart to know this stuff, uh, but they've never experienced it. You know, I, I need this as much as anyone. I, I want people who are going to lift me up. Number four, last one, because uh, time's gone, is, is number four, is you don't need to be perfect to uphold a standard. There, let's get the band up. Uh, uh, you don't need to be perfect to uphold a standard. Now, the reason why many people remain silent is because they recognize their own frailty. Uh, uh, we, we recognize our own misgivings. And, and, you know, if we talk about something, the last thing we want is our junk shoved back in our face. Come on, how many have been there? It's like, well, uh, who am I to judge? I don't know. I got my stuff myself. And, and you just sit there quietly. You know? And it's like, if we're seen to hold on to or raise the standard, not only are we in danger of having it shoved back in our face, we're, we're, being, uh, we're in danger of being called hypocrites and judgmental. Well, you're no better. Agree. I'm not better. I'm not, I'm no better. But just because I'm not better than you, does that mean we just all camp where we are? Does that mean that we just settle on the sliding scale? Yeah, I'm not better. Yeah, it's like doing the dishes. I often say to my daughters, man, put your plate in the dishwasher. Don't just put it in there. Rinse it before you put it in. Put it in. You know, you girls, you leave your cups around. And they go, but dad, you do it too. And I go, yes, I do. But I say, you can hold me accountable as well. But let's hold one another accountable. Because if nobody puts their dishes in the dishwasher, if nobody rinses it, how many know our home is going to be a bomb site? It's going to go down. But this is the world. Oh, you can't tell them to do that. You did that. Yeah, I did do that. You can hold me accountable. But let's keep one another accountable so that we lift the level rather than lower it. Let's stir one another up to love and good works. Come on. Otherwise, we just go backwards. Oh, you're being judgmental. Well, do you know when it comes to the household of faith, and this is where many people have got it wrong, we're actually called to judge. Within the household, I want to show you the Scripture, because if it's just my words, you won't believe it. But this is in the Bible, the written Word of God. Here we go. 1 Corinthians chapter 5, 
verse 9, it says, When I wrote to you before, I told you not to associate with people who indulge in sexual sin. Well, strong. But I wasn't talking about unbelievers who indulge in sexual sin or who are greedy or who are cheap people or worship idols. You'd have to leave this world to avoid people like that. Ain't that true? <laughs> yeah, yeah. I meant that you're not to associate with anyone who claims to be a believer yet indulges in sexual sin or is greedy or worships idols who is abusive or is a drunkard or cheats people. Paul says, don't even eat with such people. It isn't my responsibility to judge outsiders, but it certainly is your responsibility to judge those inside the church who are sinning. God will judge those on the outside, but the script, but as the scriptures say, you must remove that evil person from among you. Don't get mad at me. Just reading the Bible. Just reading the Bible. But so often we believe popular opinion rather than the word of God. Come on, come on. This, this is right. And so often we just, you know get around it, and, and we don't bring change. We're, we're loyal to the wrong thing. God, we need some people like Caleb who are prepared to be in the minority. Your promise still stands. Great is your faithfulness. Yeah, I've got these walls around me. They're all around me. They haven't come down yet. I've got these things I'm working on. I'm not giving in. I'm not, I've got these voices of all this negativity saying it can't happen, it won't happen. But your promise, it still stands. Great is your faithfulness. Great is your faithfulness. I've got all these people on the outside who don't understand. They're trying to understand it in their mind, but they can't because it's a spirit deal. And they'll never understand. And I've got them questioning me. I've got them judging me in ways that, that, that aren't, you know, well, they're, they're making up stuff. But your promise, come on, your promise still stands. Great is your faithfulness. Great is, come on, are you loyal? Because God right now is searching to and fro, going across the earth. And He's wanting to prove Himself strong on your behalf on behalf of the hearts who are loyal to Him. I pray at Equipus Church that God would find a whole group of people who would say, you can call me loyal. You can call me loyal. I'm loyal to your Word. I'm loyal to your promise. I'm loyal to, to who you are. God, you saved my life. You redeemed my life. My life is not my own. It's yours in Jesus' Name. Oh, I know this is not an easy message to preach. But I believe in today's world, we need people to stand in Jesus' name. Because it's the truth that sets people free. Yeah, God's grace covers, His love covers a multitude of sins. And God loves you. 
just the way you are. You're loved in this place. doesn't matter where you've been, what you've done. God loves you. He's for you tonight. And if you'd come to Him, He'll change you from the inside out. Our righteousness is nothing that any one of us can boast about. We don't have any righteousness of ourselves, but our righteousness comes from Jesus. We don't live for identity. If I do that, I'll know who I am. No, as a believer in Jesus, you can live from identity. So your identity is found at the cross where you die to your old life. You die to your sin. You die to your your mistakes. You say that old nature is gone and you get a new identity in Jesus where guilt and shame no longer is part of your life, where you're secure in Him. He's your righteousness. He's the source of your confidence. Many people today, they waver because they don't know who they are. Come on, I want to declare tonight, you're a child of God. You're a son and daughter of the King. He's, he's done so much. But He's just looking for people whose hearts, that, whose hearts would be loyal to Him. I want everybody just to stand. Thank you, Jesus. Would you just for a moment, nobody move unless they have to move. Not going to be long. But right now, where have you got divided loyalties? Where's there a pull? Because I really believe some significant decisions could be made in this place tonight that are going to set you up to possess your promise. Come on right now, if you want to respond to Jesus and say, God, give me an undivided heart that I might fear your name. How about just lifting your hands where you are? God, I want an undivided heart. I don't want my heart to be complicated anymore. God, give me an undivided. Come on, lift your hands high. Come on, high, just, just right across this place. God, that's my desire. Lord, even right now where things will try and grab my attention and pull me in other directions. Lord, I, Lord we're asking you them to, to drop off and fade away right now. Lord, we declare our hearts are yours. Our lives are yours tonight. Your promise still stands. Great is your faithfulness. Lord, I commit my heart. I commit my all to you. I don't don't hold anything back. Come on, just right now. Come on, I want you to make that commitment. 